Here's a little travel secret. The best time to visit Scottsdale, Arizona is actually in the summer. When you summer in Scottsdale, you can stay in five-star resorts for three-star prices and get access to the best Scottsdale has to offer at the best rates. There are so many ways to stay cool while feeling hot in Scottsdale over the summer, including tranquil pool scenes or rowdy pool parties, world-class shopping museums and art galleries. You guys, I love the idea of going to Scottsdale this summer. I'm about to fire up my group chat and book a trip because I literally love getting an amazing deal on a five-star hotel. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot think of anything better. Plus me, you know, I love the sun. I love to lay by a gorgeous pool, sipping a drink, knowing that I'm going to a fabulous restaurant that night. And I love that it won't be overcrowded. Visit experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks to learn more and start planning your trip. That's experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks. Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Hi guys, welcome back to It's Me Tanks. How is everybody doing? I've finally been watching TV again. I know you guys love when we discuss TV, so I want to tell you about the shows that I've been watching, but I'm also so excited about this episode. I love when you guys give me ideas. I obviously love cooking them up for myself, but someone asked me specifically, can you please do an episode on loneliness in your 20s? So that's what this episode is going to be about. I think as I was preparing It took a different turn when I was really thinking about what I wanted to say. At first, I thought, okay, it's going to be just tips and tricks. But then I was, as I was uh, referencing back my own life and how I felt in my 20s, I kind of had some breakthroughs. So I'm going to share those with you guys. Okay. But first, I have to do a little media update. Have you guys been watching The Watcher? I am obsessed with the show. I finished it. I'm very sad. I won't I won't give any spoilers, but all I can say is Netflix, you fucking dicked that show down. Okay. That. I love that show. It was just exactly what I wanted. Perfect amount of episodes. All star cast. Can we just talk about Naomi Watts? I, th- I genuinely think she's one of the mo- most talented actresses of our generation. She's so fucking good in everything. And she just brought the heat to the watcher. Um, Bobby, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kavanale, Kavanale, whatever. I don't know. He is a DILF. 
He's married to Rose Byrne, Brian, who I'm fucking obsessed with, like literally obsessed with her. I always thought that they would like be the coolest couple to hang out with. And uh, Jennifer Coolidge, icon living, icon among us. And also, who else is famous in it? I don't know. I thought everyone was amazing. It was just, it's the best show. It's definitely a little creepy, but you you guys need to watch. It's so good. It's on Netflix. And the other amazing show, uh, so I watched also Luckiest Girl Alive. And you guys were DMing me like crazy about this show, like having all these opinions. You're like, wow, Tinks, you're going to have a hot take on it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't have a hot take on it. I thought it was a fine movie. I thought it was a fine way to spend two hours. The main response that I got was that it had it didn't have a trigger warning. And I actually missed like the first couple minutes of the movie because our me and Chloe watched it on Sunday and our Thai food was arriving right at that moment. So we were kind of like setting up and then you know when you kind of just are like the credits are rolling and, and you start watching the movie. So it did not have a trigger warning, which seems like an easy fix if that's the feedback feedback that Netflix is getting. I feel like they could simply add one. I mean, it's a streaming service, can't they just throw one up there I don't understand why they wouldn't do that I didn't look into it more um you guys will have to let me know if there's if if there's normal I feel like normally on Netflix there are trigger warnings am I crazy I feel like normally it says this show contains you know this and that or it might you know might be sensitive for people with this I just I thought so maybe I'm remembering wrong I didn't have time to research it you guys will have to tell me but I feel like it's an easy enough fix for them to just do it I really didn't have that many opinions on the movie. I don't know. I thought it was like, it kind of reminded me of, I don't know, a couple other movies. I, I got to be honest with you guys. I don't think Mila Kunis is like an amazing actress. I, I've never, I think she's really funny. To me, she always kind of is just Mila Kunis, which is fine. But to me, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I again I thought it was gonna be also you guys said read the books it's on a book or an essay some essays or what have you I haven't done a lot of research don't come for me I don't know the the history of the book or what have you but um yeah definitely feel like it's an easy fix for them to to put up a trigger warning and yeah I, I didn't think that it was that amazing it didn't it didn't stick with me in the way that I expected it would given the all the talk of it uh what did you guys think and then the other show that I've been watching is Tell Me Lies. And who did I run into at the game on Sunday? I was trying to play it cool. And Chloe was just like, fuck it, I don't care. And she turned around. And she was like, guys, we're fucking obsessed with you. Can we take a photo? And they were so nice. So nice. Grace Van Patten is honestly the most stunning girl ever. I am completely obsessed with her. I think she's going to be the next it girl. She already is. And the other guy is so hot, Steven. I don't know what his name is in real life. Also, can I just say, when the show started and I, I said I was watching it for maybe five minutes and I said, oh, I think Steven is hot. And the amount of people who jumped down my throat being like, oh my God, Tinks, he's so toxic in the show. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's a show. He's a character in the show. He's an actor playing a character in the show. You can think a TV character is hot. And it was two seconds into the show. I just... That that kind of like annoys me when people just jump down your throat and try and make it a bigger thing than it is. I literally just said he was attractive five minutes into the show. And guess what, guys? He's hot in real life, too. 
And they were so nice. Couldn't be more gracious. I mean, I was like wasted and I was like, I told them, I said, I literally started a different show because I, I w- was afraid that your show was going to end and I wanted to eke out the episodes. That's how obsessed I am with it. And they were so gracious and saying, thank you so much for watching and what have you. And just lovely, just a, just an absolutely lovely Sunday. So, and the Rams won. So it was, it was a fabulous Sunday all in all, a lot of media consumed. There are so many books out there, it can be hard to choose one. But becoming a Book of the Month member makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Members get books delivered right to their door and shipping is always free. There's even an app to pick your book and track your reading progress. And there are audiobooks too. So I'm obsessed with this, you guys, because I feel like sometimes I get decision paralysis on what to read next. And the fact that Book of the Month Club, they decide for you, they pick the best because they do all that reading is just fantastic. I love to be in the reading community and Book of the Month is an incredible way to really get engaged with your reading. Maybe you want to pick it back up for summer so important to always have a book when you're going on your summer trips, reading by the pool, or just reading before bed, which is, as you know, my favorite thing to do. Right now, you can get your first book of the month for just $5 with code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. That's bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can design, save the dates and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry, and stay on track and on budget throughout the entire wedding process with their free planning tools. I have three really good friends getting married this year, and they're all using Zola. And I know because they were telling me about how easy it is and it's just truly a one-stop shop and you know this girl loves efficiency right so my friends were telling me you can do it all in one place what a relief right and I know about Zola because I've bought so many gifts on registries via Zola and I just love how easy it is to send gifts keep everything organized everything is like done for you and we absolutely love that start planning at Zola.com that's Z-O-L-A dot com. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style every day with new Pandora pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages and everything in between, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Create a look that's all your own with a unique mix of meaningful charms or choose from Pandora's sparkling collection of timeless designs perfect for making an eye-catching statement. With Pandora Jewelry's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to love it, stack it, wear it, and share it. Style your everyday favorites with sparkling cuts, vibrant enamels, and playful designs, or truly make it your own with a personal engraving. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora. Spell it out with handwritten charms, sparkling stacks, and iconic styles designed for every kind of forever. Pandora jewelry is the perfect way to share the gift of love with yourself and the ones closest to your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora, be love. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I personally have been talking to my therapist every single week about my stressful times and just getting everything off my chest, explaining the difficult situation I've been having at work and what has been weighing on me has made me feel one million times better. I really don't know what I would do without her. As you guys know, I talk to her every week. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Tinks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P Tinks. Way's new anti-frizz cream provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours plus heat production up to 450 degrees. Okay, so I actually tried Way's new anti-frizz cream on live with my community, which is kind of risky, right, to try a new product on live. I put it on my hair, which as you guys know is level 9 million frizzy. And by the time I had got done finishing my glam, because I was doing glam on live, my hair was dry and I was shook to my core at how smooth my hair looked, especially that frizzy top part, you know, in in your part, all those little baby hairs coming through, that frizzy part, that was smooth. So shout out Way for consistently delivering products that actually work and do what they say they're going to do on the bottle. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code MEETINKS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code MEETINKS. So loneliness in your 20s. Let's back up a little and talk about what I think of your 20s. And my opinion as I get further away from my 20s continues to strengthen. My my resolve on this issue continues to strengthen because you know what? Your 20s are a mismarketed decade. And again, the further I get away from them, the more I'm thinking it's actually insane the lies that we tell people in their 20s. It's no wonder that so many people feel lost and miserable and scared and have very upsetting emotions in their 20s because we're just fed this lie, right? We're fed this lie. First of all, everyone tells you, oh, college is going to be the best time of your life. And for a lot of people, it is. But for a lot of people, it isn't. Okay. For a lot of people, it's a serious, stressful time. Or, you know, it's a time when your your personality is changing or your interests are changing or your life plan is changing. So that's the first lie. The second lie is like your 20s are this amazing time, like time of your life, like so crazy, so carefree. And then don't get me started on the expectation, okay? Because the expectation is outrageous, okay? Like I always say in movies and TV shows, whatever, the people in their 20s, oh my God, they are like, they have everything. They have apartments. They have boyfriends. They have incredible jobs that are meant for people who have 10 years more experience. Never forget, never forget that in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Kate Hudson was 23 and she was on staff as a magazine writer. You know how old a normal person is who gets a job like that? Like 35, maybe, maybe like 40. If you want to work at Vogue or something, you, you need to be like, have that much experience. So, Already, you have this insane expectation set upon you in your 20s. You exit college and you're scared shitless 
because up until then you've had all this structure and you have, you know, you've been in high school, you've been living at home, you go to college, or maybe you don't, maybe you just leave home and, and, you know, you start out out in your life and you think it's going to be one way and then it's completely different. And we put so much pressure on young people. Okay. We put so much pressure on them to know exactly what they want to be and who, uh, who they want to be and where they want to go in the world and what their job should be and what their life should look like. And I think that's really wrong. I think that's really wrong. I think the messaging, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but stay with me here. I think that the messaging should be, it's okay if you are completely lost but you need to keep pulling the thread and you need to work hard. That If I could ma- wave a magic wand, that's what I would tell all the people in their 20s. It's okay if you are shit scared and you have no idea what you're doing, but you have to keep going. You have to keep being curious because that's, that's all you basically can focus on in your 20s, in my opinion. If you happen to be one of those people who meets the love of their life at 23 and knows that they've always wanted to be a teacher, then I'm so happy for you. That is a blessing and run with it. But if you are like the vast majority who is like, oh my fucking God, I'm a completely different person than I thought I was going to be. This job is really hard. I just broke up with my college boyfriend. I have no fucking clue what's going on. It's okay. The only thing that you need to focus on is your curiosity and focusing on what makes you feel good and, and, and who makes you feel good. Okay. So I'm going to get into some tips and tricks, but I just want to go through what I think loneliness looks like in each era of your 20s, because I think that there's actually three mini eras of your 20s. Okay, so the first is post-college life. All right. And I'm going to talk about the type of loneliness that occurs in each mini era. So post-college life or perhaps you were living at home and now you're not. Maybe you didn't go to college. And so you're like 22 to 25. Okay, and this is a very confusing time and it's often a period of high highs and low lows and mood swings, big mood swings. I when I think back of this time, I think of partying. I think of going out in the marina in San Francisco. I think of crying almost every day in the bathroom at work because I was so bad at my job and I had I had never felt in my life that anxiety of not being good at something. I know that sounds pompous, but I'm being honest with you. Like I definitely struggled in high school, as I've told you guys, because I'm dyslexic and it was very difficult for me to do math. But, you know, I excelled in other subjects. So I felt overall like I, I didn't feel helpless in my job. I felt very frightened because I felt like I wasn't good at any of it. And I also felt like I didn't have a path out, you know, and in, in high school, you're like, OK, well, I suck at math, but soon I'll be able to drop math or whatever it is. You know, maybe in college you don't like a certain subject. You're like, oh, soon I'll be able to do this. And I had put all of my hopes in this one job. I I interviewed for almost a year for the job at Gap and I got there and I was like, oh, my God. So. I think a lot of the loneliness, but you still have, you know, quite a few of your friends. You're still in that post-college glow. You still go out. You have like a lot of energy usually. So you're still socializing a lot. So you do feel, I think, on the whole, quite protected by at least the rest of the young people. You kind of feel like, okay, you know, I have I, I have my friends around. Maybe you're in a new city. Maybe the city feels overwhelming, but you still have that social element. I think in your 
in your young 20s, this first era, the loneliness comes from feeling displaced or feeling like out of your element. So whether it's your job, whether it's a new city, whether you are suddenly feeling like, oh my God, I have no structure. Like I really remember those first couple weeks when I was living in San Francisco, we, we all moved into the house and I was like, wow, there's like really no grownups around, like no grownups. And that was a very specific type of feeling where I was like, oh shit. I mean, obviously in college you can do whatever the fuck you want, but you still go to class. You still get up at a certain time every morning. You still kind of have a structure. You have your little calendar. You go to your formals or, you know, whatever. You you do have that structure. You're, you know, maybe you're living in an apartment, maybe you're living on campus, but it's still an establishment that you're under. And then in your young 20s, it's just it's just you. It's literally just you. And I do kind of think that the first four years out are a little bit, you know, you're still feeling shell-shocked from, from leaving the cocoon and being out of a routine. I, I, I remember that in when also when I, you know, first graduated, I had a really, really hard time waking up in the morning. And it's because in college, you know, yes, yeah, sometimes you have early classes, but sometimes then you can take a nap or sleep till noon, whatever. You're kind of living still like a teenager in some ways. And then you have to go and do this thing every day that you're not good at. And that is very, that can be very isolating. That can be very isolating. It's being out of a routine and it's, it's like fear. So Yes, you can feel loneliness in the in the beginning in the first couple of years out of college, but I also think a lot of it is fear. I think a lot of it is uh career isolation. I think a lot of it is just really learning how to be an adult in a new city sometimes. And yes, sometimes like you might be thinking this and being like fuck you Tinks, I moved to a town where none of my friends are and I'm literally alone. So there's that type of loneliness too. So Okay, that's the first era. But if you're feeling that, it's normal. It's really normal. It's probably the biggest shift that anybody goes through in their life. It's kind of like the biggest shift from childhood to adulthood. Again, it's varying for every person. But really, when you go to your first big person job, big girl, big boy job, it's it's a massive shift. And it kind of hits you like, I remember thinking, fuck, am I going to have to work like every day until I'm 70? And it's it's kind of like that realization. And I'd had jobs before. I started working when I was 16, but something something about going to the office, something about realizing, okay, I, I have to show up every day. Otherwise, I, I literally can't pay my rent. Like, whoa, oh my God. It's different than getting a job when you're 16 because you need extra money. You know what I mean? So there's that. Okay. Then there's your mid-20s. And this is the type of loneliness. I, I'm calling it the starting to feel weird. That's that's this era. Like 24, 25, 26, 27. Okay, there's a specific feeling. I'm going to try to describe it because a couple of you have written to me. So I think it might be a universal thing or a thing that a bunch of us have had. In my mid-20s, I started to get this strange feeling Sometimes when I'd be at a dinner or when I'd be out where I was like, I'm not having fun anymore or I don't actually want to be at this group dinner or this person who I thought was my friend is making me feel really uncomfortable or I'm actually really tired of having casual sex. This is the feeling a little bit weird era. 
And that can trigger a very deep and specific type of loneliness. Really, really deep and isolating. And I think it's because you sort of start to feel like more of an adult, especially when you hit 26. You sort of start to feel like, oh my God, like something is changing, something is happening. And all of the things that you used to find comforting, or some of the things, they start to not hit in the same way. So for me, it was like the incessant going out just to go out. Again, I still love to go out, but I'm talking about like getting blackout like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All of a sudden, I started to be like, ugh, is this all there is? Ugh. Some of my friends fell off. I started to make new friends. I definitely felt a shift in dating where I was like, I'm really, really, really tired of like doing the same thing over and over again and like getting ghosted by by guys. And that was making me feel a little bit lonely. Um, So whatever area in your life you're starting to feel weird about, that can trigger loneliness. And again, I'm saying loneliness, but I think sometimes we can confuse loneliness for other things. We can confuse it for like, FOMO, isolation, confusion, fear. So it's just kind of that mid-20s malaise. And then the last era, kind of the 27 to 29, 30, is the splinter era. And this is where you really start to get afraid and it starts to feel like loneliness, but I'm here to tell you it's okay. And what I mean by splinter era is everybody starts to split off. Some people go to business school. Some people move. Some people get married. This is when people start to get married, right? Maybe a couple people start having kids. And you're just like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like they're getting married. I can never, I will never forget when all my friends started getting married. And I was like, I feel like they're child brides. They weren't, they were 27. But I felt in my mind, I was like, that's insane. That's so early. I don't feel anywhere near ready to get married. That's crazy. So, and also it's like scary when people move away and it's scary when people feel like they're quote, I'm quoting moving on with their lives because if you're still super attached to the timeline thing and other and your friends start to move or get married or move to the suburbs or buy a house, whatever, it can feel like, oh, holy shit. And that can trigger a really deep loneliness. And I really, really want to acknowledge you guys who are going through this, especially the person who wrote to me and who was asking me to do an episode on this. I had so many nights in New York City when I was living there when I was 27, 28. And I'd be going out with all my friends and all of them had boyfriends. Some of them were engaged or married at that point. And we'd be going out and we were kind of doing the same thing. But I remember coming home and being like, oh my God, but I don't have a boyfriend to go home with. Or I don't have a job that I love to get up for tomorrow. Or I don't have a house to go back to. And it was really scary. And it was, I would wake up on Sundays and you guys always ask me like, how come you don't have Sunday scares anymore? Oh my God, I used to. And it was like loneliness because I would think, oh my God, I don't have anyone to go get a bagel with this morning. It, and it was scary. It scared the shit out of me. And that in turn made me hate going out because going out would make me feel even more alone because I didn't have anybody to be with. And it was like, you know, I was around all these people with, with relationships. But here's the thing. What do all of these eras and their loneliness have in common? Comparison. Don't roll your eyes. I know you're rolling your eyes comparison. It's comparison is 
at the root of a lot of loneliness. Okay? You're comparing yourself to other people. And a lot of it has to do with FOMO and social media and timelines. But a lot of loneliness is to do with feeling other or feeling behind. You're comparing yourself to where you think you should be. You're comparing yourself to your friends. You're comparing yourself to your life in college and thinking, fuck, I was a lot more fun then and I had a lot better control of my life then. And now I'm just like, kind of like, as Katy Perry said, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? You know? Yeah, Katie, I do sometimes, a lot of the time. So, yes, there is a type of loneliness where it's like you move to a new city and you have no friends. And we've done episodes about making friends before, and that is an, a very valid and very scary type of loneliness, too. But I'm telling you guys, if you are in your 20s and you're feeling super lonely, I want you to spend time thinking about how much, of, how much percent of this is FOMO. How much percent of this is comparison to timeline? How much of this is comparison to my friends? And pair it back. And then when you're left with the raw, raw, raw loneliness, it's probably only like 20%. It's probably only like, okay, yeah, maybe you don't have anyone to hang out with this Sunday and like that makes you feel lonely. But so much of the other stuff is comparison. And the reason I go on and on about it is because I wish someone had bumped into me on the street when I was 27 and fucking miserable and been like, you're just comparing yourself. You're not actually that lonely. You are literally just sitting there thinking about when are you going to get engaged or when are you going to have a job that you love and, and all that stuff. And it's making you miserable. So really, really think how much of this is comparison, how much of this is FOMO. Like social media, man, it's it's wild. And I do think that it makes us feel more alone. I have to say, I have to say, yes, it connects us. I mean, that's my whole job is connecting with you guys through social media. But I'm talking about the scrolling on Instagram. I, I will never forget this one time I came home from my friend's bridal shower and I was sobbing to my mom. I was in New York. She was visiting and I was sobbing. I was like, I was sitting on my bed and I was like, I, I just feel so behind. I don't have a boyfriend. I'm not engaged. Like I don't, I just feel so lost. Like I don't have anything. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And I will never forget. I like pulled up these girls that I used to stalk. Um, cause I used to, I used to like stalk tons of people in my twenties, by the way, guys, I don't know if I've ever said that explicitly. I think I have, but I, I want you to know that I used to do it. And I mean, like, pour over these girls just like their lives and they look so perfect and their fiancés and their jobs at magazines or they worked in fashion in New York I used to just be obsessed with them and just stalk them and like be like why isn't my life like this and I remember showing my mom and my mom wasn't like really on Instagram or she's still not but she you know she definitely wasn't stalking these girls and I was like showing her their lives and she was like oh my god I remember she was like, are they celebrities? And I was like, no, these are just like girls that live in New York that I that, that I like look at every day. And I remember her looking at me and her being like, don't look at them like that. That's making you sad. Can't you see? Like she was looking at her daughter sitting on her bed sobbing because I was looking at these girls who I felt like were a different species than me because they were so perfect. And she was like, the, the cause and effect is so clear here. You're feeling awful because you're comparing yourself to them. So loneliness is real, but I think it's a lot more complex than we give it credit for. And I think that sometimes if we try to examine it critically and piece it apart, we can become dominant over our loneliness. We can. 
We really can. And I'm trying, I'm going to try to empower you guys right now to do that. First of all, by thinking critically about what's causing it. And then secondly, I'm going to give you some practical up tips. These are some things that I want you to do if you're feeling lonely. And again, I'm acknowledging that loneliness is complex and there is a type of loneliness where it's like you feel like you have no friends. And that's a different episode, which I'm happy to do if it's helpful. But I'm talking about that guttural 20s, just like lonely, like feeling like a Katy Perry said, like a plastic bag. Okay, so here are my practical tips. Number one, a real social media hiatus. And I got this tip from my friend Alex last night. I was telling her that I was preparing this episode for you guys. And I said, you know, do you remember feeling like that? And she said, oh, my God. Yeah. Do you remember we used to just be on the phone to each other and like cry and like feel, you know, so totally wobbly. And she said the first time that I took a social media hiatus, I I was like, there's no way I can do it because I was addicted to Instagram. And she said she took two weeks like fully, fully cold turkey balls to the walls. And she felt a lot better in all honesty, I've never taken a social media break, so I can't really speak to that one. But she's a very smart girl. She's an entrepreneur. Um, you know, she's been my friend for 12 years now. So I trust her. I know it works for a lot of people. Casey also, my my good girlfriend, you guys know, deleted Instagram a while back and she said she's really happy and after you get over the initial hump, it really helps. So here I am, an influencer telling you to take a social media break. That's because I really want you guys to just take stock of it and your, your relationship with it in your life. Okay, number two, travel. A trip can completely reset your mind. And it doesn't have to be a big trip. I'm not saying go to Bali for three weeks to go on a yoga retreat. I'm saying get out of town, even if it's for a day, even if it's a driving trip, grab a girlfriend or two girlfriends or whatever and just go on a little trip go to a little bed and breakfast in your town or you know the town next to you it doesn't have to be big sometimes breaking out of your routine and just going to another place and seeing all there is in the world can be very comforting it can be so calming because you're just like there's so much out here and and I think a lot of loneliness is like about being trapped in your own mind and about believing the lies that your mind tells you. So getting out of that routine and just seeing other places, crucial. Okay. Spend time with people that make you feel good. This is one of my soapboxes. And I think when I talk about the mid-20s weirdness, this is where I really started it was the seedlings of this uh, idea or mantra that I practice very heavily now. Sometimes the people that you think are good for you aren't good for you. And sometimes the cool people, you know, the girls that you think are really cool and you're like, if they invite you to dinner, you like shit yourself and you're like, oh my God, they don't actually make you feel good. This took me a really, really long time to learn and I'm still learning it because when I moved to LA, I kind of regressed a little bit because I would meet people who were quote cool or famous or whatever and they would invite me out and I would feel, to be honest with you, miserable the whole time I was with them, like anxious and not myself and like whatever. So really think about how you feel when you leave people. It's the same as I tell you guys when you leave a date. How do they make you feel? Do they make you feel good? and happy and like cool and sexy and fun? Or do they make you feel anxious? Do you wake up the next morning and go, oh, did I say something wrong? Should I not have shared that? 
same with people you're dating. Get granular. Really think, are, is this fuckboy that I've been talking to for six weeks, is this actually serving me or is this draining me and in turn making me feel more isolated, more alone? Get specific. Write it down in your phone. I'm not kidding. You leave a Sunday brunch, how do you feel? Write it down immediately when you leave. Make a little log. Check it out. This is really important. Okay. Work on being alone and having fun alone. Super difficult. Super difficult. I actually think that there are two different things. There's like level one, which is like really work on having fun alone. And I can do that. No problem. I I love to go get my nails done alone and I have a little routine. I get my favorite salad. I um, love to watch a movie alone. Love to have a hibernation day. Level two is... I was again talking about this with Alex last night. Level two is being completely alone with yourself. Going on a walk, no music, meditating, uh, sitting in silence with yourself, just relaxing. That's very difficult. I actually am not there yet. I will be again transparent. I am working on it. For me, I'm not there. But if you can do that, that's really cool. And I think meditation is a good gateway to that. Again, I haven't cracked it yet, but I will keep working and keep you guys updated. Um develop real hobbies that you love. And I think post-college, you kind of think, oh my God, like grownups who have hobbies are kind of losers. Like I would never do anything like a club or something like that. Like that's so childish. And then you kind of hit like 26, 27. You're like, wait, it's actually like the dopest people who have these, these, uh, these hobbies. And what do you really like? I mean, maybe it is Soul Cycle. Maybe it is a workout class, but something that you really love. Maybe it's hip hop dance class. Maybe it's a running club. Maybe it's volunteering for charity. Also, that brings me to another sub point. Um, do volunteer. If you're really feeling lonely, that is what, you know, if you're ever feeling bad in yourself, I think sometimes just saying stop, control, alt, delete, and like, what can I do for others? My friends and I used to, we used to do a soup kitchen in New York. Um, and it was just, it was a wonderful thing to do. And we, we loved doing it. We loved doing it together. And we loved doing it because we were giving back to the city. So whatever it is, find your hobbies, what you actually like and think is cool. Like maybe you literally think hockey is really fun and you want to go join a, a, like a club hockey team on the weekends. Whatever it is, find it, do it. Okay. And then connected to that is have a little project. And so that's different than a hobby. And this is one of my new things I haven't told you guys about. I always love having a little project, not a hobby, a little project. So for example, maybe like for me, it's was watching old rom-coms. Like I watch an old rom-com. Obviously, I've kind of turned that into a little bit of a work thing because I talk about it with you guys. But when it initially started, I just I was it was at the beginning of summer and I always feel uneasy at the beginning of summer. And I was like, I'm just going to have a little project and I'm going to rewatch all the uh, all of the 90s rom-coms. Or maybe it's making a recipe from a cookbook once a week, you know, for a couple weeks. It's a little project. There's a girl on TikTok who goes every Saturday to find a new um, chocolate chip cookie in New York City. She's trying to find her favorite one. It's her little project. And it's fun to do that. Okay? It's really fun to do that. I can't think of all the other little projects I've had, but I've had many. And I can't recommend it enough. Okay? just something a little fun for you. That's just for you so that when you have a lapse in, you know, things to do or whatever, it's a little Sunday, you think, oh, I can work on my little project, you know, because a hobby isn't always available to you 24 seven. 
And I just think a little project is like a, a kind of a nice thing between you and yourself. It's that thing of be your own best friend. It's, it's cute. And then the last thing is read. I cannot implore you enough to read, you guys. When I'm sad, when Mr. Anxiety comes, when Mr. D comes around, reading has been the only constant in my life. And it's the only time when you're as an adult that you can really imagine and let your imagination run wild. So please, please read because it is the best thing to combat loneliness. And when you read, you can read about the human condition. And I think for me personally, the reason why I feel so comforted reading is because you when you read and you you read about people being lonely or sad or heartbroken or whatever you're going through, and then you realize that it's universal. And of course, I'm going to end on this woo-woo note, but it's like, that's a universal experience is loneliness. It's all the emotions. That's what connects us together. And if you acknowledge that can actually make you feel less alone. Guys, I am thinking of anyone who is lonely in their 20s or beyond high school, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Loneliness is, it's powerful, but we can actually take control over it. The first step is to identify what's causing it, what's triggering it, and what, and what complexity of, of uh, loneliness we have, and then to attack it with a plan. That's the best way to do anything, right, guys? I love you so much, and I hope that this was a helpful episode. I'm always here for you guys, and um, wow, that really brought me back to some of the lonely times in my 20s, so I hope that this helps someone out there. Um, so. I love you guys. I will see you next week. Bye. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Have you heard about Roback Activewear? Well, let me introduce you. You may have seen that subtle dog logo on your man's polos, hoodies, or Q-zips, but now Roback is growing their women's line. They strive for the best fit and best feel. I am so glad that Roback is now doing women's wear as well because they really have it down when it comes to super soft athletic wear that is just the cutest ever and so, so, so comfortable. You know me. I'm all about comfort. I'm all about feeling cozy while on the go, and I am always on the go. So go Roback. We love that you're in women's wear now. It's 2024. The spring's coming. And ladies, it's time to check out Roback for yourself. So use the code TINKS on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order for all hoodies, joggers, skorts, and more. That's spelled R. H-O-B-A-C-K dot com. That's 20% off with the code TINKS.